0: It's the beginning of a new year, and with that comes some of the same political and social problems, if not made more worse. I give you my thoughts on the fresh political issue right off the bat, and one other thing right after the intro. You are listening to another opinion. I'm your host, Marlon Hughes, and I can be reached at Marlon Jean 29 at gmail.com Welcome to another episode of my weekly commentary and opinion podcasts. If you like what you hear, please consider giving this either a thumbs up or hitting the like button or both if you can. And please share the podcast with others. If you would like to hear more of this content and not miss out on any episodes, then please subscribe to the podcast just as another way to support me. You can find this podcast wherever podcast platform you subscribe to for your podcasts. Well, well, welcome to 2023. I hope that your holiday season went well and that you were surrounded by people that you love. I'm going to share on the obvious political craziness that occurred During the past week, the first week of the year, actually, January 2nd, and then the House of Representatives, they changed hands in November with the Republican victory in the midterm elections, and they gave the Republicans control of the House of Representatives, and with that victory that happened in November, you know what comes next, the vote for the Speaker of the House. Now, this is supposed to be a relatively easy thing to do when you did the, the minority leader is elevated to the to the title in the office of Speaker of the House of Representatives. That's just kind of the, the normal thing to do. It it, it hasn't changed since Pelosi and all, Hazard, all that on down the road, you know, the whoever that was the minority leader in the House of Representatives usually became the speaker without much of a fight you might have two or three people that might vote for someone else during the elections but it usually just be one time one vote and they moving on the last time that i've heard well the commentators of of all of this that's been keeping an eye on the election of Speaker of the House all week long, has made it a point to tell everyone that the last time this crap happened was 1923. I wasn't even a twinkle in a twinkle in a twinkle in my mother's eye back then. And for this to come up again tells me that it's something seriously wrong with not only our political system but with one political party in particular. In particular, in the reasons why we gotten to this point to begin with. So the, the 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 vote took place bright and early Monday morning, January second, and Kevin McCarthy believed that he was gonna he he kind of had to have an idea that he was gonna face some sort of opposition to this speaker vote. But then, as the day wore on, and as the the hours turned into days and the day it, it, you know turned into days and and the days started stretching out, and now he really had to start trying to twist some arms and do some negotiations with the crazy among us in their own party, fifteen votes. 15. 15 votes over four days. And he really didn't get a majority of his own party, really. He ended up getting 216 votes for Speaker of the House. And many of those votes he had to make concessions on to get those votes. And then the ones that he was really trying to get to his side, they just voted present. That was like six, six members of Congress. You know who they are. I don't have to repeat them. It's the crazy among us, really. So, what did the Republicans really look like during this vote, during this whole week? I mean, the majority of americans in my view really have a low view or or doesn't support the house of representatives as a whole at all have a, a very low view of the house of representatives to begin with let's just say that the house of representatives democrats and republicans they come to the playing field with a with with a low average already. Not very many people like the House of Representatives right now. And furthermore, the Republicans. Just by virtue of their obstructionism. All the time. (laughs) Just all the time. So what did they really look like? To me, they look like the dysfunctional family, right? This dysfunctional family that that comes to the family reunion during the holiday season and probably stayed longer than they should have in the first place. That's what they look like to me. The infighting, the finger pointing, the um, the mocking, all of that crap. You, you know, you, you got <laughs> you got the childish kid. You have the ones that are troublemakers. You got the crazy uncle, all of that. That's what it looked like to me. Right. And then you got the other side of the family looking at them like they morally morally pure, but they got a problem They goddamn self. But what did they look like to people outside of the United States? Well, let's just say for the last six plus years, the United States, its political system, and its politicians are the fucking laughing stock of the world. That is just my opinion on it. And I just believe that that what went on the past week has elevated that, has really made that point come home. There is There are political entities outside of the United States and people outside in other countries that are looking at us like they are the the leader of the free world they can't even get their shit together in their own political system and frankly to me it just it it showed it showed that that we're in for a rough ride for at least two years heaven forbid if they end up winning the House, the Senate, and the White House. Oh, man, just think of what it's going to be then. Let's just hope it doesn't get to that point. But also, what it looked like during the vote is that these certain people, I'm going to say 20 to 25 people Inside the Republican Party, the ones that really kind of cause a lot of the problems and the mess and the agitators within their own party, they are still attacking the government. You think the events that happened on January 6th, two years ago, was the end of the insurrection? That shit was the beginning as far as I'm concerned. And it proved to me that that the insurrection is still alive and well, and that they are still attacking the government and they are still attacking how the government functions. Think about that. So out of these 20, 25 people that was voting for someone else that was voting Present that was voting no show that the loudest voices in the building that was not trying to go along with the normal with the normal way of things that's supposed to be functioning in the house of what did they really want and then really what was it all about and and at the end of the day so I really just kind of think that. What they really wanted or what they seem to want is that they they wanted the procedure rules, the internal the internal procedure rules, the way they do business in the House of Representatives, right? They want to expand the perceived power of the far right, the crazies, the Lauren Boberts, the uh Marjorie Taylor Greens, the Matt Gaetz, the, uh, Jim Jordans, those, those backward, far right, extreme, do nothing as representatives that really don't know anything about policy, that really only is there to build their base and to build their brand. They wanted more power. These, these extreme MAGA, candidates. And then they also was holding out, trying to get more power, trying to build their brand, trying to build their platform. And they want to also kind of present themselves as uncompromising foes of the Democrats. You know, the same old tired ass talking point. They want to bring out these tired, beat down ass talking points to make themselves seem like that they are perpetually in opposition to the democratic agenda. And if anybody has any kind of sense, I'm not going to call it common sense because common sense is only common to people that are running around in the same fucking circles. So I'm just going to say that anybody that with any kind of sense would know that the Democrats are not all for open borders. They're just not. Anybody in their right mind is not going to say that we, do, we don't we do want a protected border. Get the fuck out of here with that shit. That's just a talking point to scare the fuck out of people. That's all it is. Another talking point that they love to bring out all the time is like the, when the Democrats are in charge, they want to give away money. Please, please, there is not a person in this world that does not want that does not want to earn what they 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 want to earn what they keep. Jesus Christ. Anyway, these are the same people that always talk about America giving away shit or. Leaving borders open or killing unwanted babies and all of that crap. When, when, come on, basic, de- basic human decency will tell you something different, right? So they're setting themselves up to be these, these uncompromising foes of the Democrats and their agenda. And it's always been that way for them for eons, for decades, right? So what is it all about? So what is it all about? Why did they go through all of this problem? See the, the the past week in this this um this vote for speaker, this was brewing this was brewing just after the midterm elections. If you was watching any news, if you was keeping up with the with pol- uh, the politics of the time or you was even keeping up with this crap? You could see it happening. They were positioning themselves to build their platform. And it was building up through the holiday season and up until now and through the week. So really, what is it all about for these people? Well, let me tell you right now, it ain't about fucking policy. It ain't about policy at all. It's not about a policy agenda. It's not, is not even thinking about or trying to put themselves in a position to think about policy that is going to benefit the most amount of American people, if not all. As a matter of fact, between the Democrats and the Republicans, I haven't heard much about any kind of policy that is going to help us, the least among us other than to throw them under the bus or stash them away somewhere, only to bring them out when it's time to have an issue. So if it's not about policy, if it's not about public policy, the only other thing that all of this could be about is power, which at the end of the day, it is with these politicians, regardless of political ideology or political party, at the end of the day, it's about money and power. And that's exactly what all of this bullshit was about over the past week. Money and power. They make a big stink. They get in the way of the of the ascension of the majority leader up into the speaker of the house. They get in the way, why? So they can be so they so they can be seen. Mimic some of the same stuff they've been told to say. So they can get that money for campaigns and achieve a perceived amount of power over their caucus, over their party, about any legislative bills that come to the floor or whatever. There is a couple of good stories in The Washington Post. There's a lot of good stories in The New York Times about all of this that has been taking place over the past over the past five to six days and don't think just because Kevin McCarthy got enough votes to become the Speaker of the House that this shit is over with. He's made a lot of concessions that weakens his power and that's the next bullet point that I'm trying to get to right now is how weak now is the position of the Speaker of the House or how weak is it going to be moving forward How is it? It's weak. It's pretty weak. He made some concessions. He gave away a lot of his power in order for him to get the gavel. And it kind of brings to mind to me about. Why did why was he even? why if it was a lifelong ambition, the moment he got into politics to become Speaker of the House, he wanted it so bad that he gave away the majority of his power just to get the gavel. That don't make any sense. He's not getting anything out of it. One report says that he's he's allowing that one representative that don't like what he's doing can recall him, can call a vote to recall him. What kind of sense does that make? he gave up a lot of his power to, to the extreme fringe element of his own party just so he can be the Speaker of the House. How is he going to even be able to wrangle in all of his own party to be unified enough to get a policy or a policy agenda to the floor for even a vote? It, it's... It's going to be difficult enough for them to even get their shit to the floor to get a vote, to even get some Democrats to even come on board with it. Because just like the Republicans stand forever in opposition of Democrats, Democrats are the same way. They stand they stand perpetually in opposition to whatever the Republicans do. So what's going to happen? How's, how is the House going to really function? Well, not on a not on a policy agenda. No, I don't see that happening. I, what I see is is a whole lot of grandstanding. What I see is a whole lot of chest bumping. A lot of cultural war shit's gonna go on. Oh, and we're not gonna even get into the bullshit investigations that lead nowhere. That's gonna bring up a whole lot of right wing talking points on right wing on on white right wing television shows, news telecasts, and podcasts and radio shows. That's all we're gonna get. Think Benghazi on steroids. <laughs> okay? It's, it's gonna be that kind of legislative season for the, at least the next two years for at least the next two years and it's just going to bring this point back up to me it, it's time for a new way of thinking of public service it's time for a new way of thinking of not only public service but uh, politics itself, politicians and politics we have to get people that is not thinking of party but country And that's going to be the takeaway from at least this week of this dysfunctional shit that's going on in Washington. And as far as the Republican Party is concerned, <laughs> we need to realize collectively and think and see that the Republican Party is a is that they're a political party that has actively chose party over country. If you ain't about the party, fuck you in the country. And then at the end of the day for them, the party is the country. If you're not a Republican and if you're not in league with the Republicans and their agenda of culture wars and endless bullshit, if you're not in with that, you're not a part of that country. You're not a real American. See, that real American crap can mean for a lot of things. And we can just call it on now. You know, if you're not white, heterosexual, and in league with the Republican Party, you're not a real American. We're going to get a lot of that over the next couple of years. What do you think? You can share your thoughts on whatever platform that you're listening to this podcast on and we'll be back with one other thing right after this back to Another Opinion. I'm glad that you stuck around. Any and all of the music that you hear in these podcasts comes from freemusicarchive.org. You can also find this podcast posted on my Facebook page at Another Opinion Marlon Hughes. You can also comment and leave any suggestions you have there as well. So for one other thing before I end this podcast episode Um, I'm going to share about the injury that happened on Monday night football. And then uh, as I'm talking about it, I want to send some best wishes to uh, DeMar Hamlin, Buffalo Bills um, defensive back. I'm glad that he is out of the woods. He's responsive and he's talking and he's getting on the mend. So um, there's a lot that has been said over the past week about that incident. About the game of football itself, its place in American culture, and also um, social and racial implications of the sport of football, as far as and also physical and mental. There's a lot to have been said about this all week long, but the thing that doesn't that that has not escaped me. But first and foremost, I'm I'm just I'm just a fan. I love football. I love sports in general. And there is an element of physical danger in any sport that you play in. And football in and of itself, no matter what level you play it on, whether it's Little League, Pee Wee, high school, college, pro, injury comes with it. There is a certain amount of injury that comes with it, and it's also a violent sport. You have you have humans with very little protection running into each other with bad intentions. And the way it played out on the field, it seemed like a freak accident, a freak injury, but nevertheless, a a life-threatening injury, and if it wasn't for the trainers and the people that responded immediately, that man would have died on the field. And I've heard a lot of podcasts, I've heard a lot of commentary behind the implications of it and how they personally felt about it, and how some of them has written to say that they, they're done watching football, they're, they're done watching that, they're done participating in it, My personal opinion on that is this. It's a dangerous sport. And and it's a sport that has been exploited by those that have money to people that are desperate to get out of their situation. Um, it, it, It exploits those that are poor coming out of poor areas trying to make it big and it exploits those that are willing to sacrifice their physical being in order to have it easier financially in their lives it's a shame what happened and I'm glad that the that that Devlin is okay he's not out he's not He's not where he wants to be but he is he is alive with no damage and it's easier for him to heal. But I'll always be a fan of the sport and I'm going to come into it with the understanding that things like this can happen. If you want to boycott football if If a person wants to boycott that game or feel like that they should shun the NFL, you had your chance when they kept calling Kaepernick out of the league. That's going to be the end of my podcast for this week. Thank you for listening.